Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. I gotta admit, I'm not really a sport watcher. I'm (laughs) sorry. I only really care about watching basketball. It's the only thing that's fast enough to keep my attention. Everything else is like way too slow. I need action, action. Yeah, see, you guys know. You guys get it. You guys get it. (laughs) Well, welcome, you guys. Um, If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, my name is Natalie. I work here. Every now and then they let me talk sometimes and (laughs) share what's going on. Um, But I'm really excited to get to speak with you this morning, and I'm actually going to jump right in just for the sake of time. Um, But if you have been following along with us or if you've been attending Voice for the last couple weeks, you would know that our um, series that we've been focusing on is called Love Handles, and I think it's the best. It's so funny, dual meaning, right? But um, we're not talking about chubby bellies. We're talking about getting a handle, getting a grip on love and relationships, right? How to have healthy godly relationships. And so we've been talking about different kinds of relationships throughout the month, but today, actually, I'm going to focus on something that I think can apply to everybody, whether you're just single, dating, friendships, marriages, whatever. This is going to apply to you today, and it's going to be an important concept for you in having healthy relationships. And um, so one of the things that, you know, I've actually felt like just really noticed lately is that we've kind of disintegrated our ability to be able to communicate with each other in the last like 10 or 15 years, ever since kind of like the dawn of social media, but really even more so since COVID and we were all kind of separate from each other. And I just realized like, we're so awkward at communicating now. Do you guys notice that? Are you like, do you feel that? I feel like I like used to be so good at talking to people and like starting a conversation and I'm just like, so did you eat eggs today? I like have nothing. Like this is just I don't know. It's it's so awkward. I hope that I'm not the only one. You guys, anyone else feeling that? I hope. Please tell me I'm not. Um, like I notice this like especially with our kids. Like they don't know what to do. They're like on their phones or like introducing them to another kid and they're like, hi, like back on the phone, right? They don't know how to have conversations the same way we do. And actually, there's like it's like proven. Have you guys ever? Did you guys see the NPR article that says we have this like pandemic of loneliness? Have you guys heard about this? So there's, it's, in this article, it said that, that 15 to 24-year-olds have 70% less interaction than my generation did just 20 years ago. 70% less, it, like, human interaction. So I'm, like, not surprised that we're all that lonely, right? I'm not surprised that we're all awkward, <laughs> right? Trying to figure out how to get along with each other and to have good relationships. But I think there's also, like, this fear of others that's I've seen kind of rising up in this kind of, like, culture of division that we have going on right now. There's so much, if you don't think exactly how I think or do exactly what I do or whatever, you know, there's this division. And I think that as a church, we're called to be different. We're called to be light in the darkness. We're called to be salt, right? We're supposed to bring good to the earth, right? We're supposed to bring love, and great relationships. We should be the best at having relationships. So what if we could just become so shockingly good at relationships that our actions would just create a ripple effect? 
that changes not just our relationships, but I think that changed the course of our society, right? That's the story of Jesus. That's what he did. He created a ripple effect. That's why you and I are sitting here right now because he, he made the first move, right? And because of that one life, we're all changed. And having good relationships is one of his top priorities. Actually, he was like, I have two things for you guys to remember as I leave here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it, just two. So we can master those things, right? We get the heart of Jesus. And so, unfortunately, I only have 30 minutes with you, probably less. Um, and so I can only give you one thing to remember today. So one thing, if you guys can just leave today and remember this one phrase, I think it will make a difference in your relationships, okay? And, but this one thing is gonna require you to get out of your comfort zone and it's probably gonna make you a little bit uncomfortable and you're gonna have to go out of your way, but it's the only way to really have good relationships. So if you can remember this phrase, it's this. Make the first move. You guys got it? Repeat after me. Make the first move. Good job. Okay. If you want to create a ripple effect of lasting joy and love in your relationships, you have to be willing to make the first move. Okay? Um, how many of you have ever gone rock, rock skipping before? This is the things that bored children in the Midwest do. We had nothing else literally at all to do. We didn't have Disneyland, so we just, just skip rocks. Okay? So when you skip the rock, what's the first thing that happens when you throw the rock in? Hopefully it doesn't sink. That's, it's not skipping if it sinks. <laughs> it's, okay, that's a good point. Okay, so Venus, can you um, play the little video? I have a little, just look at what happens. Right, one drop came and do it one more time. Right? Creates a bunch of ripples and then did you know what? Watch at the end, it creates another one. Outside of it, a concentric circle. You see it? Another one comes out of that. Okay, so why is making the first move? Why am I focusing on this? Okay, because making the first move is going to create a ripple effect for everything else in your relationships. It's gonna make it last, right? It's gonna go out farther, but it's also gonna create new concentric circles, right? When you make the first move. And so because uh, the other thing is because it's gonna set the standard for your relationships. You get to set the standard for what, for what your relationships look like because everything after that's gonna be multiplied and copied off of what you start from your first move. So if you want to see change, if you wanna see goodness, if you wanna see love and healing and all those good things, joy in your relationship, you have to make the first move, okay? So if you want to see that change, what do you gotta do? I'm gonna make you guys repeat this so many times, you're, not, you're never gonna forget it. Okay, so have you ever been in a situation where you're like, you knew someone needed to make the first move, but like nobody wanted to do it? Yup, like you're, sitting, you're like in an argument with like your spouse or your friend, and like you're just sitting like this, and like no one wants to like look at the other person. It's like tense, and like somebody needs to say something to wrap it up, you guys been there? Or like how about like at the dinner table and it's like, like mom's like, hey, who wants to go clean up dinner? And it's just like, nobody wants to do it, right? Everybody's looking around, like waiting for somebody else to volunteer. How about um, introducing yourself to someone? You wanna make that little love connection? 
you feel the heat, right? You're on the train. See that person over there? You know they see you pretending like you don't see each other. You got to make the move. Somebody's got to be the first one, right? Somebody's got to be the first one. But until somebody, create, until somebody creates the first move, it's not going to happen. So you got, someone's got to break the ice. So I actually was looking up, where did this term icebreaker come up? And I look, it turns out that like in the 1400s, an icebreaker was the name of like a type of ship. Do you guys know this? Am I the only one that, okay. Uh, It's a type of ship. It's a really like beast ship that would be the first one to go in and break the ice in like a frozen area so that other ships could come through the harbor. But unless there's an icebreaker, nobody gets to go through. But every ship that comes in after that has a little bit easier of time, right? Because you make that first channel, and then off to the side, the next one comes in and just chips a little bit more off. And then the other one chips a little more on this. And then pretty soon, you have this giant channel that everyone can come through, right? And that's what it is, right? That's what we're doing when we choose to make the first move. We're going to break the ice. And this is the heart of Jesus. This is who Jesus was. And this is who he's called, uh, called us to be. So if you see in John 15, it says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you, for there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. When Jesus laid down his life, he was the ultimate icebreaker, the ultimate ripple effect maker. And so as I'm saying this, I'm telling you to jump in, to make the first move. Okay, don't just make, like, any move, because, like, you got to, like, make a good move, okay? So we're going to talk about how to make some good first moves, wise, God-honoring ones, because just remember, bad ones have ripple effects, too, and we don't want that, right? (laughs) We want good ripple effects in our life. So first up is just to think it through, okay? So here's what I want you guys to ask yourself before you make your first move. Like, this is the big question. What move can I make that's going to build a bridge that's safe enough for other people to walk across? Okay? What move can I make that's going to build a bridge that's safe enough for other people to walk across? So take your time if you need to. Let the awkwardness and silence be there so that you can make a good God-honoring move. You don't just jump in and make like a rash decision or a rash thing, right? You want to do it in a way that honors God. And you want to do it, um, you want to make a God-honoring move that communicates respect, grace, humility. You want them to feel like you want to serve them. You want them to feel the way that Jesus makes us feel with his life. And so first thing I kind of mentioned it was we want to learn how to respect their needs. So Jesus did not come here um, just to die for people who were already respecting him. He actually came here for people who were really disrespecting him. And the people he came to save were like the ones who gave him the hardest time. But he didn't focus on that. His His thing was like, I'm not focusing on the way these people are treating me. I'm focusing on their need. He didn't wait until people earned that respect. He just went ahead and gave it right? He didn't, no one earned it. It was the opposite, right? He said, I see your need, and I'm going to give you what you need. And that's going to create a ripple ripple effect of respect, right? 
And so he didn't, he didn't like I said, um, he didn't wait till they earned it. He inspired it. So whatever you want to see in your relationship, inspire it by making the first move before someone else deserves it. So even if you have like a fight with your friend or spouse and they, the last thing they deserve is your respect, make the first move and offer respect. Make the first move and offer respect. It's the opposite of what you're going to want to do, right? Because they haven't deserved it. They haven't earned it. But that's how we create a ripple effect. We look at their need. What do they need in this moment? And how can I give them that? And in that way, we model how Jesus lived. We, rob- we model his way of ripple effects. Romans 12, 20 to 21 says, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Now, that kind of sounds like we're, I'm like contradicting everything I just said, doesn't it? Because in our context, to heap burning coals on someone's head would be like really mean, right? It'd be like the opposite of respect. But you have to think back like to when this was written. And actually my mentor, her name is Deb, and she actually was telling me about um, a time when she went to a remote area of the world, and they did not have like our modern day technology. They don't have like kitchens and electricity or whatever. They have coal. And that is how they literally meet their everyday needs. So, and they would carry it around. People would go around to the village. They have a basket on their head and they have burning coals in the basket. So when people would come to your house with burning coals and put it on your head, they were giving you the opportunity to keep on living. They were giving a gift of grace. They were giving a gift of love. And so when it says this, it's not saying to go take revenge on them. It's saying, look at what they need. Give them a gift that they didn't earn so they can go on and keep living. And so you can create a ripple effect of love. And guess what? When you're kind to someone, even if they don't like you, your chances of them being nice back to you are going to like, multiply, right? So why not? Why not do it? It's so, but we get to choose what we want in our relationships. We can choose to either redeem that relationship or we can choose to let it live in chaos. But by our choices, but what we choose to do and see, we can either see their need or we can see the way they're acting right now. And choosing which one we're going to do, we can either bring redemption into our relationship into their life and our life, or we can bring chaos. So we have to choose really wisely. Next thing is we want to give grace. Now, this is one thing that's really hard to do, to be the first one to give grace, right? The first one to forgive. Or, or sometimes like the first one to apologize, right? And why is that so hard for us? Probably, honestly, because half the time when we're mad and we don't want to forgive someone, it's probably because it, we're at least partially right, right? I'm just right most of the time, but I mean, still, right? We might be partially justified, partially right, or maybe, maybe all the way right. But being focused on being justified and being right, you can do that if you want, but you're just going to get trapped in this like little cyclone. It's just going to go like this. You can focus on it as much as you want, but you, you end up taking the focus off the most important thing, which is your relationship. You take the focus off of 
being good with each other. The point is, to, is not to be right in our relationships. The point is to be good with each other. The point is to have love with, for one another. So listen, I'm not saying, I'm not, this is, please excuse this from abuse, okay? Like, I'm not telling you to continue to return to an abuser, so please erase that from the narrative. Goodbye. You can say goodbye to that person, okay? But in our everyday relationships, when we have someone that we need to forgive or if we need to apologize, we need to take our eyes and put them in the right thing, which is being good with the other person. And that's more important. And so Luke 6, 37, 39 says this, don't judge others and you will not be judged. Don't condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. That's a pretty compelling reason to be the first one to make the move to forgive, right? The first one to not offer judgment. The first one to say, it's good. We're good. I love you. I do dumb things all the time too. To give grace, right? Sounds like a pretty compelling ripple effect. Not only just a ripple effect, but a multiplying effect. The more grace we give, it multiplies grace back to us poured into our laps, running over. I don't know about you, but I could use some of that. I make dumb choices all the time. And I give myself grace more than I give other people grace sometimes, right? But this is saying, give other people grace, the amount that you want to give back. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. So I think another reason why we do this is because, honestly, I think sometimes we're a little competitive and we like to win. We like to be the best. You guys ever been there? Maybe it's just me. I'm, I'm a little competitive. <laughs> I like to be number one, top dog, all the time. Uh, I live in a family where we are very competitive about literally everything. <laughs> but in relationships, this is a really terrible quality because it ends up being the thing that keeps us like from giving each other grace because we all want to be on top, right? We want, we want to win. But the best way to win in relationships is to let them win. Got to let them win. Because when you let them win by choosing not to judge or condemn or hold grudges, you, what you actually gain is a teammate. But if you compete with them, you have a rival. And I don't know about you, but in your relationships, if you are rivals, you don't have much of a relationship. You've got like the, the beginning of a downfall in a spiral. So in our, relationships, in our relationships, we have to choose not to compete with each other, but to complete the work that God is doing in one another. So we're not rivals, right? We're teammates. And I don't know about you, but I could use a lot more teammates. And I, you know, if any of you have ever been like, had the attitude of like, it's just me against the world, maybe you've been, you've gotten a little too good at making rivals, Maybe you need to forgive, let them win, let it go so you can be teammates. You can have more teammates in life. Luke 6.31 says this, do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get the credit? Even sinners do that much. 
So if we want to be different, if we want to stand out, if we want to change the world by having the best relationships, we have to get really good at showing grace, at making teammates and not rivals. Next thing, we need to learn how to serve them. This is the number one thing Jesus did, right? He said, I came not to be served, but to serve. Yep. Galatians 5.13 says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Not only, only, do not only use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Now, this one was a really tough one for me, and I'm not going to lie. Like I said, Taka and I are both really competitive people. We're both very hard-headed people, very stubborn people, which makes us a very fun combination sometimes. Uh, there's a lot of fun, exciting, animated conversations in our house. Um, <laughs> but when we first got married, we both were super stubborn, and we both thought that the way we cleaned the house was, like, the right way, okay? This is, like, a silly example, okay? So he's a sweeper, and I'm a cleaner, you guys know the difference? Sweepers are someone who just sees like this table and just goes, throws it in a drawer, puts it in a closet. Everything ni- looks nice and organized, right? But a cleaner is the one who's getting out the disinfectant wipes and they're scrubbing the table. There's, it's like a very clean mess, okay? You're not gonna get sick from this table. You might be overwhelmed by the junk on it, but it's gonna be clean, okay? So that was our big thing when we first got married, was that we could not decide whose way was the right way. And we totally overlooked the fact that if we just work together, incorporate both ways, our house would be like perfect, spick and span, right? Clean and neat. So we just would argue about this for the longest time. It was so stupid. I don't know why it took me so long. But one day it finally clicked to me, oh, oh, we could just work together. Or if I just actually did the things that he wanted me to do, this would be great. Everything would be solved. And maybe we would get along better. I don't know what took me so long, but sometimes you have to be the first one to make the move. Because you know, when you're so stubborn like me, and you're just like holding on to your ways the best way, it doesn't really do any good, does it? It only, it only makes you have, drives a wedge between you. And so I just, one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be the first one. I'm going to just take the first move and I'm going to just start cleaning the way he likes. And it was, I can't even tell you. I also was disinfecting too. I just need to add that. Okay. It was both. Um, I didn't stop being myself, but I also just incorporated a way that I realized would serve him really well, would make him feel loved. And I started doing that and he was like, just within days, he started noticing it. And he's like, wow, this feels really good. I was like, yeah, I did that for you. He was like, oh, thank you. And it was like something just like broke in that moment. The stubbornness, the pride, all those things just kind of broke. And we just started like competing with each other of like how to serve one another better. And it was like so fun. You know, I'm like, we just started getting along so much better because it wasn't about who was right. It was about how we could serve one another and love one another. And it's like this ripple effect that just kept going. And it was like so healing and so beautiful. And so in the moment you think like, oh, I'm losing because I gave in. No, you're winning. You're winning because you're getting a teammate and you are building a beautiful relationship. So I had to make that first move. And the last, last little thing is to pray for them. Um, Ephesians 3.16 says this. I pray 
from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him and your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep he is. Um, I only share this because um, I literally, I pray this prayer almost every time I pray over my family and over our leaders in this church and over the people in this church. Because I know that if, if I do something without being asked, nobody looking, but I invite God into that moment, he's gonna make an incredible difference in their life. And if I'm willing to take my time to pray over other people, there's no limit to what God can do. So I'm not gonna bank on that, stay on that for very long because I have some people I wanna bring up here. Um, but just pray for people. Not that he makes them who you want them to be. Not that he conforms them to your image of what's good. But that he makes them who he created them to be. And that he makes them um, into the person that he's called them to be. And pray that you can learn to love them the way that he sees them. That's a game changer. Learn to love people the way that he sees them and the way he created them and appreciate them for who they are. Not for who they could be, but who they are. And that's a game changer in your relationship to love and accept someone as, a, as exactly as they are. That's exactly the heart of Christ and what he did for us. Um, so I have a couple girls, if you could come forward for me. I invited a, a couple of girls to come up here and um, I want them to share a little bit about this because uh, I've gotten to witness firsthand a ripple effect over the last, I would say it started maybe two years ago with Venus who, um, when she came on to be our media intern and has stayed on, and she's she was like, immediately we knew she was like gonna be great with the youth because one like moment with her and you realize she's just like full of like youthful joy. But I want you guys to see how cool it is and how much God can do with your life and the ripple effects that he can create with your life when we center our relationships and we base our relationships on his values and what he says is important. And so I asked each of these girls to um, just talk a little bit about how um, the person before them impacted their faith. But we'll start with Venus because um, she just has been so vibrant and she's affected all of these girls in one way or another. But yeah, she has. Um, they actually went on a youth retreat this week and it was really cool to see. It was almost like generations of God moving through, like, through Venus into each of them. It's like little, almost like, not copies, because they're unique, but you can see her spirit in each of them. And so, Venus, if you could just take a second and just talk really quick, what was it that made you want to reach out to Kaya and to the youth? So, um, growing up, I was a really lonely kid. Um, I was the only kid in my ministry Literally, me and the leader, we were like this, buddies. And so it was kind of, even though like we were like this, it was kind of sad that I didn't have any friends my age and um, just anyone who wanted to really connect with me until I think I was a teenager. I had like a whole emo phase because I was alone, you know what I mean? And so um, we had two different services at our old church, a Tagalog service and an English service. And the youth leaders at the English service actually reached out to me and said, hey, like, you want to be friends? You know, <laughs> you want to be a part of our youth group? We meet every Friday. And from then on, like, 
I remember my life getting changed too. Um, it was the community, it was the vibes, it was the fact that we could all laugh and I was just surrounded by my people, you know? And so even one of my old youth leaders is actually here and he serves with me. <laughs> and so I'm very happy, like, again, like, it's a generational thing. Like, people loved on me and now I can love on these girls and make, make sure that they're not alone. And, you know, like, just to prove that God is real, you know? <laughs> I think this is just as simple as that. Like, he first loved me so I can love on other people. So. Right. Um, and this is actually my child right here. Um, can you just talk a little bit about how, like, what Venus did in your life and how that translated to Kaya, the other Kaya? Similarly to Venus, I was actually alone for a long time, too, because, you know, being a church plant, there's, like, it takes time for everyone to start coming to church, especially the youth, and so for a long time, it was just me, another guy, and then my sister, and then Venus, or Aiden, or whatever, (laughs) but um, I didn't have a lot of, like, friends that would hang out with me at church. And that led to me feeling really alone and not really having, like, a relationship with God because you really do um, connect with God through the people around you. And so I was really blessed to meet Venus. And then um, through making friends and everything like that through youth group, um, I actually, I got baptized last year. And my life was, like, totally changed because of people like Venus. And because I had such an overflow of God's love, I, when I met Kaya, I just, like, it was an instant click, but then I just really felt as though I had to share that. I wouldn't want to, like, let her go without feeling the same love that I felt from the people around me. Um, okay, so the, the question was how Kaya specifically impacted my life, and, like, There's not even words to describe it, honestly, because she really saved my life. Um, Similarly, I was very lonely, I guess. Um, I I never had, like, a Christian community that was my age. I never used to go to any, like, youth anything. Um, But when we came to Voice, um, they were just so welcoming and so sweet And they, like, really just lighted up my life and my world and showed me God's love. Um, And I'm always going to be so thankful for that because it really, it really saved my life. Um, And I also got baptized uh, last year. Um, And honestly, it was, I feel like the reason for that was because God really speaks through this amazing community um, and yeah, he really speaks through this church. It's, it's, it might be a small church, but it's powerful. Um, yeah, and then getting to meet Liz um, was so great. And um, I just really hope that I could help continue this line of, of love that I was showed. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I actually only came to Voice, I think, about two months ago. So I haven't been here very long, but I've already been able to see the impact of like all of these amazing people that I'm meeting and especially these girls. Um, I I met Kaya first actually um, and she was just so welcoming and so kind and made me feel right at home from the very start because similarly to what you guys were saying, I went through a period of like a lot of loneliness right before I came here. That's actually why I wanted to join 
voiced youth is because I wanted a community of people that I felt like were welcoming and I could relate to. Um, and I definitely felt that. And then Venus, of course, too, was very welcoming. Her energy is just like no one else's. And she just makes everyone feel so loved and so valued. Yeah, so I love you both. And then Kaya, you, we had like a bit of an experience at um, midwinter camp this past, like last week, I think. Yeah, on the last day, um, we were doing worship and we call that night crying night because like that's the <laughs> night where everyone just like starts crying. And I was, before like going into that, I thought, oh, you know, like I'm sure it'll be a great night of worship, but like, I'm not gonna cry. Like, psh, like I don't really cry during worship, but um, I was definitely humbled actually. <laughs> Um, the, the one song I remember, it was Living Hope, and I remember, like, just during that song, I felt God really speaking to me, and I just, like, broke down into tears. I was just, like, waterworks all over the place. It was, I just, it was the first time that I ever really felt the Holy Spirit inside of me. Like, before that, I hadn't felt, I was kind of, like, thinking to myself, like, oh, why am I going through all of these things? Like, where is God in my life? But I feel like that is the moment where he really, like, spoke to me. And, um, and like during that song too, I remember Kaya, you um, were like crying with me and you were like, basically, I felt like God was really speaking through you. Like you really have a gift. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I remember you were telling me that like you, you felt that God was like telling you about all of my like hurt and everything that I had been through and that like the reason why like Satan picks on, you know, certain people and like you're in those dark places is because God has such like a strong and bright future planned out. And I remember you telling me that and it just like, it really like spoke to me and it really just like, and then I remember afterwards, um, you, me and Venus were like praying together and like speaking. Um, and and um, as I was talking to you both and you were sharing your stories with me, I just felt like a big weight was just like lifting off my shoulders and like all of the pain and everything that I had felt like was such a burden just like was lifted off and I felt this overwhelming sense of just peace in my heart and it was just it was really powerful so I I love you guys <laughs> oh thank you guys for sharing you guys are so brave and so just like not like the kids I was talking about earlier you guys have figured it out right guys have figured it out. Thank you guys for sharing. You guys go ahead and have a seat. Let you guys give them a huge round of applause. Yeah, worship team, you, you guys can come on forward too. You guys, that's what this is really all about, right? Like, that is what this is really all about. It's just people. It's learning how to love people. And the one thing you do for one person can transmit to the next person and the next person and the next person. And before you know it, you have concentric circles, right, of ripple effects in every relationship in your life and all throughout your community. And that's really what this is just all about, you guys. That is what this day was about, was really, I just want you guys to be encouraged to make the first move. Because you never know what just stepping out and introducing yourself to someone can do. You never know what just stepping out and being the first person to just say, I love you, or I forgive you, or whatever the thing is in your relationships where you're going, I need God to move in my life, I need God to move in my relationships, then make a move, make the first move. And that's what Jesus really 
was about. And we're actually going to go into a time of communion as we, as we exit out of this. And I think it's actually the perfect way to celebrate the ripple effect that Jesus started. And that's like really why we're here today. Why you and I are lit- literally in this room. It's because he started a ripple across the, a, a globe. Like it went across the globe. And so he was, he was incredible. He laid down his actual life to serve us. He respected us in our weakness and our need. And he gave it to us when we didn't deserve it. He served us. He still serves us through one another. He showed us undeserved grace. And he prayed for us. Even as he was on the cross, he prayed for you and I. And so today we're gonna just, we're gonna take communion. And as you come forward, I'm just gonna challenge you. So if our little communion team can come forward as well. Um, I'm just gonna challenge you as you take communion to ask God, what move do you want me to make today? What move do you want me to make in my relationship? How can I make the first move to create a ripple effect of change in my life? Um, so as you come forward, just remember that when you break the bread, just that is just the moment where you're remembering how his body was broken for you. You break it and then you dip it in the juice and that's just a symbol of him loving you so much that he would actually bleed for you and die for you. The ultimate example of love. And so I wanna just take a moment, I just wanna pray for you guys and then we're gonna come forward and take communion. But I really encourage you, as we go into this moment, um, take advantage of the time. We're gonna, we're gonna sing some worship together, but if you need prayer, come forward and get prayer. If you need to talk to God, stay a little longer and talk to God. If you need to call someone, call someone. If you need to give an apology, if you need to forgive, whatever it is, I just encourage you to make the first move today that God's calling you to make. So. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much. I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you loved us even when we didn't deserve it. I thank you that you showed us what it looks like to take the first move, that you showed us how to have great relationships that aren't just centered around us and our selfish needs, but they change the world. God, would you move in us Would you give us the courage to take the steps we need to take? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.